There's power in the name of There's healing in the name of There's salvation in the name of The Bible says that demons tremble At the sound of that name Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Nkefu of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Nkefu is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now... Here's today's message. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence in this short while for this shepherd's camp. Lord, what a blessing to gather us. Guide us, Holy Spirit, and reveal your word and your truth to us. Equip us to become loyal church planters. Let us leave this place, O oh God, convicted in our hearts to serve Jesus. Strengthen us. Sharpen our skills for the church work, O oh God. Anoint us. Send us into higher realms of your anointing and of your power in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, cover every one of us. Heal our bodies. Let the blood of Jesus cover this camp. Send angels to look after us. Anybody here who is sick, heal the person now in the name of Jesus. Let every food that is eaten here bring health. Let every water that is drunk here bring health. Deliver us from evil. We bind evil spirits. We bind satanic agents that are in our midst. We command you to live now in the name of Jesus. We break your power. We give you no place. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let me see Hallelujah. Alright. Enemy number one. Those who are disloyal. Amen. Now. Why loyalty? Why do we need loyalty in the church? Number one, we need loyalty in the church because it is the principal requirement for every minister. And I want to introduce this book to all of you, Loyalty and Disloyalty. Everybody get a copy. We have our book stands at the entry of the Great Hall both sides. So as we are here, buy books also. Amen. Alright. Why do we need loyalty in the church? Number one, loyalty is important because it is the principal qualification for every minister. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Hallelujah. Alright. The reason why loyalty is important is because 
it is the principal, the most important qualification for a man of God, for a servant of God, for a Christian, and for that matter, for anybody who is doing something for somebody. A steward is somebody that something has been committed to. Amen. Alright, for example, I'm the steward of the Bible school. Alright, because the bishop has committed the running of the Bible school into my hands. And therefore, the first qualification that I need to do this work is loyalty. Being loyal to the bishop, to his vision. What is it that he wants this school to be? What does he want uh, to be taught here? What does, how does he want the training to be done? Alright? It's what I must give myself to. If I do that, that means I'm faithful to him, I'm committed to him, he can depend on me, I am not somebody that I'm changing, I am loyal. And loyalty is the first qualification. Now look at me, everybody. Even in your own life, if you want to choose somebody, choose somebody who is faithful. Yes. Alright. Brothers, which sister must you marry? First, look for loyalty. Don't, don't look for beauty. Don't look for a sicadicious Do you know Sicadicious? A Sicadicious lady. Amen. Look for someone who is loyal, who is faithful. Yeah. For those of you who are doing business, who must you employ? If you have somebody who has a degree, has experience, Somebody who doesn't have degree, does not have experience, but is loyal. Choose that person. Choose the person. Why? Because the Bible says that it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So, as a church planter, and as a pastor, and as a shepherd, the first thing that God is looking for, and the first thing that as your pastors, we are looking for in you is your loyalty, your faithfulness, that we can depend on you. We can send you. When we send you, you go. When you go, you do what we have asked you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember many years ago when I set up a hospital. I had a um, a young man who was a member of my church. He was a taxi driver. So I asked him to come and work in the hospital. So he came. He was like cleaning around. Later on, when I got an ambulance, he became the ambulance driver. And as the hospital became bigger, we had more companies and all that. I needed a hospital administrator. So I said, you are the hospital administrator. So I taught him, you go, and, you go to uh, the company owners, when you go say this, do this, dress like this, and all that. And 
He was such a blessing. He was such a blessing. He didn't have much education, but he had loyalty. I could send him to my bedroom. I could send him. So it's very, very important. So God is looking for faithful people. That is the first, if you are not faithful, eh, you are not somebody that is useful. Do not choose. So when we are appointing people in the churches, there's a choir leader, usher, shepherd, and all that, choose people who are faithful. Yeah, not, not somebody who looks very, you know, it's like a meaty brother. And sometimes, pastors, we make mistakes. You are in the church, you see there are some people who are with you faithfully and all that, but maybe they don't have much education or they don't look rich or whatever. And when they are giving position, you bypass them. You go for flashy people, people who talk nicely and all that, but they are not faithful. So the reason why the reason why we need loyalty is because it is the first most important qualification. Everybody here should be loyal. You must be faithful. To be loyal means we can depend on you. It means you don't change. And that is a quality of God. Amen. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, God said, Behold, I am the Lord God and I change not. Amen. Number two, loyalty is important to fight the fifth column. To fight the fifth column. Loyalty is important to fight the fifth column. Who is the fifth column in the church? The fifth column are the people who are inside the church. They have not left the church, but they murmur. They criticize the pastor. They complain all the time, undertone. They discuss, why are we taking two offerings? Always two offerings. Always booster. Why? They talk among themselves. They discuss. I get what I'm saying. They are not happy. And they are not leaving the church. I get what I'm saying. They say bad things. They, they, take bad, they take stories from the church, you know, and they give it to the press. Yeah. They tell the press. This is what he's saying. So the press will write, According to our usual reliable source in the church. Yeah. And, and you are there. These are the fifth column. They are the people who spoil the church from inside. The devil cannot spoil the church. Okay. But he will use people from within the church to spoil the church. And all those people are called the fifth column. Ask your brother or your sister, are you a fifth column? Are you a fifth column? One day, I said one day, a certain army general was going to fight against a city. When he and his troops got to the city, they realized that the people in the city have raised up a wall. Very tall wall. So nobody could climb inside. And the gates were locked. So his soldiers were standing around. And one of his friends asked him, General, look at this. How can you defeat 
this city. Look at the long walls. The gates are locked. Nobody is going. Nobody is coming. He smiled. So his friend asked, why are you smiling? They said, oh, it's very easy. You watch. We are going to defeat the city. So his friend asked, why? He said, I have my fifth column. You see, the army, they go in columns. The columns are the units. So there's one unit, maybe made up of 10,000. So four. They said, I have a fifth one. So his friend was looking around. He said, Where's the fifth one? One, two, three, four. Why the fifth one? He said, they are inside already. He said, ah, why did they enter? I said, no. They are the citizens of that city. Do you understand it? Who are memories, complainers. Do you understand it? Eh? They are unfaithful. And those people, they are going to open the gate. So when they open the gate, we'll enter and I will destroy the city. So some of you, you sit in the church and you complain. You talk. When the preaching is going on, we're talking. It's preaching too long. It should close for us to go home. You are a fifth column. And we are coming for you. Where are the carpenters? Amen? Amen. Sit down. Yes. Fifth column. You will leave the church. Alright? I really need the mic, somebody has done something to it. Okay, increase the volume please. And reduce the, the bass. Hallelujah. You won't leave the church, but you sit in the church that you complain. Complain about everything. You remember. You criticize. You are destroying the church from inside. So this is why we need to we need loyalty. So that when somebody is sitting by you and a person is saying something bad, you look at the person like that and say, look, we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't behave like that here. Yeah. We don't behave like that here. You, you can't say that about our pastor. You, you can't talk like that. Yeah. Maybe as I'm preaching, I say, don't sleep. Then when I turn, he say, why can't you sleep? Where? You say, you say, I mean, why shouldn't you sleep? Don't be discussing among yourself. Then someone says, yes. I mean, when I'm feeling sleepy, I will sleep. Is it a bad thing to sleep? You know, you are a fifth column. How many of you agree that it's a fifth column? Uh, who is that person? Watch by you. Who is that person? Who is that person? Is it this area? Hallelujah. Number three. For the love of God to fill the church. For the love of God to fill the church. John chapter 13 and verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye 
have love one to another. For the love of God to fill the church. John 13, 35. We need loyalty so that the love of God will fill the church. Now look at me, everybody. How many of you have realized that in some families, they are always quarreling? Same by, I mean, if you buy a new car, they are insulting you. If you build a house, if you, if you are eating and the meat is a lot, it's a, ah, I mean, every day in the family. How many of you realize that you live in such a family that you are not happy? Yes. Now listen. Church members are sheep. God calls us the sheep of his pastor. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. One characteristics about sheep is that they are very fearful animals. When a sheep is drinking water and something moves a little in the water, in the, listen, it will run away. How many of you know that? So, in the church, the sheep get frightened, they get agitated, they get troubled by quarreling, murmuring, you know, talkings. I got it. In the church, this one is talking against it, this one, this, in the choir. Hey! Why is it that I'm not allowed to sing? Why is she the only one who is always singing a solo? You, uh, Brother James, who is the choir director, you like her. That is why you are always choosing her. Nya, nya, nya. Nya, nya, nya. Nya, nya, nya. Nya, nya. Nya, nya. Shut up your mouth. Yeah. You know, in the world, People are being insulted. People are not respected. People are not loved. People are hated. So when they come to the church, they have to see something different. Yeah. And Jesus said, the people will know that we are different if we have love one for another. So loyalty is important because it allows the love of God to fill the church. I'm trying to explain to you why we are talking about loyalty. Because it may seem to you, that, ah, why? Why? But this is, impo- that, this is the reason. To fight fifth columns. Because the first principle, most important uh, characteristic that we need. Amen? Amen? I get what I'm saying. It allows the love of God to fill the church. And when there's love, anywhere there's love, people are attracted. Oh yeah. Anywhere there is love, people are attracted. Now if you go to Syria, millions of their population have left. There are cities that like go cities because there's no love there. Murder, there's wickedness, there's rape, there's evil, you know, and all that. So people have run away from there. And where are they going? They have gone to countries and places where the people are not fighting, the people are not killing each other, where there is love, there is peace. So sometimes our churches don't grow 
Because there's too much quarreling. You know, sometimes the choir remains only 15 people because when new people join, they don't feel happy. They are criticized. Their, their hairstyle is not nice. They, they don't have a shoe. Always one dress. You know, doesn't know how to sing. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. Amen. Number four. Loyalty is important to have a large and successful ministerial team. Loyalty is important to have a large and successful ministerial team. Amen. Hallelujah. Loyalty is important. It's important because it helps us to have a large and successful ministerial team. What does it mean? It means the quality of loyalty allows a lot of people to be involved in the work. Yeah. Because we trust one another. We love one another. We like one another. We are all, we have the same vision. So, I've joined you. I've also joined. She has also joined. I get what I'm saying. Now look at us here. I believe that after this camp, in the next five years, eh, not less than anything less than maybe 500, 700 of the people here will become church planters. So you have joined the team. The team has become bigger. Amen? Amen. If, you look, if, if you look at Lyra's Chapel International, we have over 2,500 pastors wow. working together in over 70 countries. The same vision. Same vision. Same uh, ashes ties, offering basket, banner, same messages, same books, same songs, everything. Large. Successful. But where there is no loyalty, there's always division. There's always division. People just leave. And so you cannot get a large team that can work together. Can I have an amen? You are part of a large team. Because you are loyal. Lift up your right hand and say, I am loyal. I'm a loyal member of the team. And I intend to remain so. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Number five. Loyalty is important to have a mega church. To have a mega church. Loyalty is important so that we can have a mega church. Yes. Without loyal people, you cannot build a large ministry. Even you will not start. Now listen. Remember we said that Jesus wants us to go to different places. For you to be able to go to different places, you, you need people who, are, who have your vision and who are faithful to your vision. Loyal people. 
The reason why Lighthouse Chapel International is operating in more than 70 countries, peacefully, and the bishop sleeps peacefully, he doesn't have to travel all around to struggle with people, is because the pastors, the missionaries are loyal. They have his heart, they are faithful, they have his vision, they are keeping the vision and all that. And that is why the church can keep on planting more churches and, and, and going to different places. But there are pastors who don't even have one assistant. Their wife is the assistant. The only person in the church that they trust is their wife. Because with their wife, if we destroy it, we are all in it. Yeah. Amen? So, instead of us expanding we are afraid of you. We, we, we are not sure that if we send you, do you understand? Will you, will you do what we want you to do? Or will you go there and change? So when you have a lot of people that you can trust, you can do more. If you have people that you don't trust, you, you will not even start. You will not even start. Amen. Amen. So for us to build a mega church, we need loyal people. Loyalty. In 2011, I did a big research work with the charismatic churches. Some of the largest charismatic churches, 14 of them. I studied them. I did a research Many of them cannot expand. Over 90% of all those churches have suffered from disloyalty. Yeah. There was a founder of a church. He visited his church. And when he visited the church, the ashes did not allow him to enter the church. The founder. Now, do you think that he would want to start another branch. One day, a founder of a church told me he traveled to another country to go and visit his church. And when he got to the airport and he was on his way, the branch pastor sent him a message that if he wants to see blood, he should step the church. Yeah, if you want to see blood, you should come to the church. So he couldn't enter the church. He couldn't go. So do you think that such a founder of a church would like to continue to start many, many churches? How many of you rather he will not do it? Yeah. But when, when you send people, you can visit the church, they teach what you want them to teach, and all that, then you can continue to spread more and more churches. And the more churches you start, the bigger it becomes. You're able to build a mega church. How many of you agree that loyalty is important? Amen. Huh? Number six. What is the first reason why 
loyalty is important. What's the first reason? Because it's what? The principal qualification for every minister. Number two is what? I can't hear you. To fight the fifth column. Number three is what? For the love of God to fill the church. Number four is what? To have a large and successful ministerial team. Number five is what? To have a mega church. Amen. Number six. To have a long lasting ministry. To have a long lasting ministry. Amen. Ministry that lasts for a long time. The church that Jesus started has lasted up until today. Because when he left, he had loyal people. Loyal people who continued with the work and passed on the skills and everything to the other people up until today. But there are churches that go on for 20 years and they disappear. 30 years, they disappear. 10 years, they disappear. Because, one of the reasons is because of disloyalty. Amen. Do you understand it? Now, we your bishops, we are your fathers. Soon we'll be no more. Yeah? So we no more. In 20 years time, I'll be 74 years. But some of you, in 20 years time, you'll be 40 years. Some of you, in 20 years time, you'll be 36 years. You are the future of the church. As we are getting ready to retire, we need you to be loyal. So when we retire and we sit down and you are preaching, you are preaching what we have taught you to preach. You are doing what we have taught you to do. I get what I'm saying. Paul told Timothy, Paul said, and now my son Timothy, he said, the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same, Second Timothy chapter 2, is that also? Verse 2. The same commit thou unto faithful men who also will be able to teach others. Four generations. The things that you have heard of me, come, the things that you have heard of me, the same teach unto faithful men who also would be able to teach others. Four generations. Now, in Light Our Chapel International, we, we, the bishops, the founding bishops, the bishops, we are the third generation. We are here. We are here. We are teaching you now, okay, so that, so we are teaching you, so the rest of you sitting down here, you are this one. We expect that when we retire, all of you here will also teach these ones 
who are the ordinary members of the church, the new ones that will be coming up, you know, and all that. Teach them loyalty, teach them evangelism, teach them church growth, teach them, uh, you know, uh, about the anointing, teach them about humility, teach them all the things that, you know, we are teaching you. You also teach them. Then they too. So these people were, well, you, 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 this one is representing those of you who are here. These people are the people who are not even come. Next year, God willing, when we have shepherds come here, we may have to extend it beyond the, 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 the distance. Yeah. We are 1,700 here. Next year, we'll be 2,500 when we come for shepherds. Why? Because there'll be more, there'll be new, newer people who have filled our churches, who are potential shepherds, shepherds and all that. So there are new people who have not come. Now, these are the new people. Do you understand it? By the grace of God, we have been around doing the ministry for about 30 years. Okay? So, you people, another 30 years. So that is 60 years. You people, another 30 years. That's 90 years. You people, another 30 years. That is 100 and something years. So if the Lord doesn't come in 100 years, based on loyalty, this ministry can continue to be there. Long-lasting ministry. Yeah. In the next 50 years, most of us here will be in heaven. Yeah. If I take, you know, maybe 60, maybe 60 years. Because I'm sure we have some people here who are like 15 years. So there will be 75. 75. Those who are 20 will be 80. Do you understand it? Some of us, we have gone long. 60 years. 60 years, 100 and, uh, I'll be 114. Uh, Massa. That's 114. Do you see? We will go and join the great crowd of witnesses. And when we look down from heaven down, we see, wow, Lighthouse Chapel International. If the Lord has not come, say pressing on, has gone to India, has gone to Bangladesh, has gone to Australia, has gone to South America, has gone to Pakistan has gone to Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, everywhere. And then what messages are they preaching? They are still preaching. Tell them. They are still holding. They, they said, our founder, he wrote this book. Tell them. He taught us 120 reasons why we should preach. That's why we are preaching. That's why we are evangelizing. We will be in heaven. And can you imagine 120 years later, if the Lord has not returned, our great, 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 grandchildren will be preaching. That is what loyalty can do. Yes. The great Methodist church has gone away from the teachings of John Wesley, their founder. 
John Wesley was the one, if you are talking about um, manifestations of the Holy Spirit, people falling and all that. It was in his ministry. People shaking. It was in his ministry. Evangelism. Lay preachers. What we call lay ministry. Lay preachers. John Wesley. Yeah. Preaching everywhere. So now the Methodist church are going back to those things. Yeah, they are going back. So the reason why we need loyalty is so that we have a long lasting ministry. Yeah. How many of you realize it's a blessing? Is it a blessing? It's a blessing. And finally, why is loyalty important? In order to reap our full reward. In order to reap our full reward. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 14. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles. You see, the twelve apostles, they stood with Jesus Christ. So their names are written in the walls. Eh? And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve. The foundations of the walls of heaven carry the names of the twelve apostles. Why? Because they were the people who stood with Jesus Christ. They were the people who were faithful. So they are going to be rewarded. Eh? And in Luke 22, 29, 22, 28, and 29, I have written it down. Ye are they which have continued of me in my temptations. I appoint you into a kingdom. So when you are loyal, you reap your reward. Amen. Amen. Jesus will say, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter thou into thy rest. Listen, every time you accomplish your duty, you expect your reward. Every worker that is here, at the end of the month, you expect your paycheck. Expect your paycheck. If you work in a place where the paycheck is not respected, huh? you wouldn't like to be there. Listen. Loyalty is important because by being loyal and serving the Lord to the end, we shall reap a reward. Amen. So these are the seven reasons why loyalty is important. What is the first reason why loyalty is important? Number one is what? I want all of us to say it. Number one is what? It is what? The principal requirement of every minister. Number two is what? To fight the fifth column. Number three is what? How many of you are going to fight the fifth column? Fifth column are the members of the church who are sitting in the church trying to spoil the church. Yes. When the pastor says, so next week we are all going to honor our founder you know, it's been a blessing to us. Let's bring an offering. 
And you, you say, always, always. That's it, he have money. Why is he coming to take her this time? Me, I won't give, will you give? You know, look at you. Fifth column. Saying bad things. Eh? But we are, we are coming for you. Yes. Number three is what? So that the love of God will do what? Number four? To have a large and successful. Number five? To have what? A mega church. Amen? Number six is what? To have a long lasting ministry. And number seven is what? To what? In order to reap our heart for reward. Clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want to move on to talk about stages of disloyalty. Stages of disloyalty. Now, a disloyal person is a rebel. It's a rebellious person. Amen? What does it mean to be rebellious? It means defying or resisting some established authority, government, or tradition insubordinate, inclined to rebel. It means anarchistic. It means attacking. It means defiant. It means difficult. It means disloyal. It means disobedient. So disobedience is a form of disloyalty. Yeah. Recently I had a, a meeting with uh, a pastor and I said you don't obey and I told him that you are disloyal because disloyalty, disobedience is a form of disobedience is a form of disloyalty. So those of you in the churches, when the pastor says this, you don't do it. You understand it? You are disloyal. It means dissident, factious. It means incorrigible, someone that you cannot correct. It means individualistic. It means insurgent, mutinous, obstinate, rebel, recalcitrant. Yeah. So that's what it means by a rebel. Amen? Now, why am I teaching you on the stages of disloyalty? For two reasons. For how many reasons? reasons. Make your hand out. It's two reasons. Good. The first reason, listen, very careful, is so that you detect disloyalty in yourself. 
And the second reason is so that you discover, this, you notice disloyalty in others around you. So everybody here, this is a critical message I'm just about to preach. Amen. Because I can say for sure, look at me, I can say for sure that a lot of you here are disloyal. But do you know why you are disloyal? It's because, like I said, many of you are new in the church. So you have not heard this message of disloyalty before. That's why you are disloyal. So, this message, by the end, at the end of this message, you are going to be healed. And you are going to be delivered from all forms of disloyalty. You are going to be cleansed. God is going to cleanse. As, as I'm preaching, God is going to cleanse you. God is going to remove all the disloyal. And, and because you are going to say to yourself, hey, I didn't know that this one means this. I didn't know that this is disloyalty. I didn't know that this is disloyalty. I didn't know that this is disloyalty. Then number two, those of you who are loyal, as I'm preaching, you, 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 your friend will come into your mind and say, hey, this, my friend, is disloyal pa. Disloyal pa. So that you can warn him and say, listen, you better change because otherwise I'll treat you as a fifth column and I'll deal with you. So how many of you are ready? Amen. Now, stages of disloyalty. Why stages of disloyalty? Watch me. Because nobody is born disloyal. Even Lucifer was not born disloyal. Lucifer was the most beautiful. He said of the angels, there were three that were most powerful. First one, first one, Lucifer. Lucifer was the minister for worship in heaven and music. His very makeup was his very composition was, was made with musical equipments within him. Yeah. Lucifer, very powerful. He led worship. Hey, what I've said is very powerful because a lot of worship leaders a lot of worship leaders and a lot of musicians are disloyal. So watch the spirit. The spirit. Immediately I made that statement. I realized, look, it's a very powerful statement. The satanic spirit. Number two, Michael. Michael was the angel minister for defense. Yeah. And war. War and defense. The third one was Gabriel, who was the minister for information. So when Daniel was fasting and praying, 
Gabriel was sent with the answer. And the prince of the kingdom of Persia fought with him. And Michael, I mean, blocked him. And Michael came to fight off the prince and overcame him. And then he was able to bring the answer. Gabriel was the one who announced to Mary about the coming, the conception of Jesus. Yeah. And Gabriel was the one that went to tell the husband of uh, um, Elizabeth, uh, Zachariah, that we're going to have your, your, your wife is going to become pregnant. So that, that, that is this. And Lucifer, do you get it? Uh, rebelled against God. He rebelled against God. He mobilized one third of the angels in heaven and rebelled against God. And Michael rose up and led the two tests and they fought him and cast him down to gather Michael and Gabriel and the rest were the carpenters in heaven. And dealt with the horn. And cast them down. Cast them down. Yeah. Now since they were cast down. They are in the atmosphere. In the second heavens. The Bible calls him the prince of the power. Of the air. So the demons, they are, they are bodiless creatures. They are real. Satan and his agents. So these fallen, fallen angels are the demons. I mean, that is one school of thought. And that school of thought says that the demons are something else. But, you know, and at the right time, God is going to deal with them. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying is that the reason why I'm going to talk to you about stages is because disloyalty is something that develops in people. Yeah. Most of us here are not disloyal. But you can become disloyal. Including people who have been around for a long time. Because one of the laws of disloyalty is that disloyalty loyalty today does not mean loyalty tomorrow. Amen. So, the reason why I'm teaching about the stages of disloyalty is because nobody is born disloyal. But this loyalty, unfaithfulness, rebellion, becoming rebellious to your pastor, your leaders, and, and to God, is something that develops. So I want everybody to listen very well. The first stage of this loyalty is the stage of the independent spirit. The stage of the independent spirit. Hello? Now, 
people with this spirit. And it's a spirit. Watch me. Everybody watch me. Watch me. This is very important. This is very important. After these stages of disloyalty, if I teach you about how to start a church, we can go home. Yeah. Now, who is an independent person? An independent person is somebody who is in the group but does not play by the rules of the group. You say you are a shepherd. I have shepherds at the Kologono Cathedral. We say shepherds service. Start at what time? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. You are a shepherd or you are a potential shepherd. And you don't come. You don't come. When everybody has gathered, you don't come. Or instead of four, you come at 5.30. Or you come at five. You have your, your own time of coming. You, you are behaving independently of everybody that is there. You have an independent spirit and you are disloyal. You are disloyal. You are disloyal. Well, say, come for KYS meetings on Wednesdays. Know your ship meeting where you are meeting with your pastor to discuss about the state of your ship, the state of your area fellowship work. You don't come. Or you come when you want to come. You are behaving independently of everybody else. So you have an independent spirit and therefore you are disloyal. This lawyer. You are in the choir. The choir leader says, Next week, we are all going to wear black, white top, black down. Then you say, Then you come. When you come, you have yellow top, green down. And listen, I am not talking about. Something that just happened once. But it's something that happens all the time. When the leader gives an instruction, you do something different. You have an independent spirit. And you are disloyal. So, already, already, I hope that you are, you are identifying yourself. Yes. 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 Your pastor says Saturdays after Basel meetings we will all meet to pray one hour towards the Sunday service. Everybody comes but you don't come. Or the pastor says the, the prayer meeting will start from 7 to 8. Every time you come at 7.30 you come at 7.40 you are acting independent of everybody else, you have an independent spirit and you are disloyal. So if you are here and this is how your behavior is, you are already disloyal. And I am going to show you your end. Do you remember
remember the, the brother that I said rebelled? Yeah. God sent fire to fry him. Yeah. He was afraid of fire. No, can you, can you imagine that in, in one day, he lost his wife and two children. Just one day. And the property. So those of you who are sitting in the churches, potential shepherds, shepherds, pastors, minister shepherds. If we're a pastor, we're a minister shepherd. Tuesdays, you don't come for the service. You don't come. You are disloyal. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. I'm defying what you are doing. What you are doing is disloyalty. I'm telling you what you are doing. You can give whatever excuse. But you are acting and behaving independent of all other pastors. So all those of you pastors and minister shepherds who don't come for the weekday services and meetings that are called and scheduled. That's what you are. You have an independent spirit. Yeah. No, that is the name of what you are doing is independent spirit. Which which is equal to disloyalty. You see, all the stages are all disloyalty. Yeah? Hmm? We are all going for camp meeting. You won't come. We are coming for convention. You won't come. We want to honor our father, Galatians sisters. Have you already have said to me, I won't do it. Everything is like, you won't do it. So, so your behavior is different from everybody else. Amen. Now, in the Bible, eh? in the Bible, there was a certain army commander. He was called Commander Joab. He was the assistant to King David. Yeah. Commander. Every time King David took a decision. He did something different. Hmm. Pastor Joab, the independent killer. King David had an enemy. He was called Abner. Abner was the army commander of King Saul. And David and King Saul were enemies. So Abner used to fight the armies of King David. And then King Saul died. So one day King David said, look, we are all brothers. So he called Abner and said, listen, we are all brothers. We have been fighting all these years, but we are the same. So let's patch up. 
So he made a peace deal. He was the king. He was trying to build the kingdom under peaceful conditions. Amen? When his assistant, Pastor Joab, he had gone on a retreat. He's going to fast for 21 days. When he came and his senior pastor David told him about the new plan and what had happened, he didn't agree. Second Samuel chapter 3, right on the scriptures, Second Samuel chapter 3, 20 and 21. Second Samuel chapter 3, 20 and 21. So Abner came to David and David made him a feast and he went in peace. Verse 26 and 27. Verse 26 and 27. And he, Joab, sent messengers after Abner, which brought him again, took Abner aside and smote him. And smote him. Amen? Huh? He killed Abner. Do you know the problem that this could have brought? If the followers of Abner, maybe they were rebel soldiers, decided that, okay, now we have killed our leader, so we won't support you. Look at the problem that you have brought to your pastor. When you are an assistant, you must trust the judgment of your leader. Yeah. When you are in the habit of fighting what your leader is trying to do, you are a rebel. Hallelujah. At another time, David, David's son, I listen to me. David had a son called Absalom. And this son, I can see some movement there, please. Who are they moving there? To my left. Pastor, please, during the next session, listen, I need you to position people, alright, to control things, I beg you. David had a son called Absalom. And Absalom rebelled against his father. He sacked his father from the palace and made himself the king. Now later on, David's armies chased Absalom to go and fight him. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? And these armies were led by Reverend Doctor Who? Reverend Doctor? I can't hear. Reverend Doctor Who? Joab. The one with the independent spirit. Eh? In Second Samuel chapter 18 and verse 5, write it down.
Second Samuel chapter 18 verse 5. And the king commanded Joab, deal gently for my sake with Absalom. Hello? The king told Absalom, as you are going to fight, my son, he has, he has been a bad boy, but he's still my son. So don't kill him. You just get him, bring him. When he comes, I'll spank him. I'll correct him. Don't kill him. That was the king's... I'm trying to explain to you that I'm, I'm trying to explain to you the independent spirit. That somebody who is operating by the independent spirit, that's what she or he wants in spite of the common instruction around. Yeah. You are always doing something different. You. Look at your brother and sister standing by and say, look, are you the one that bishop... Uh, we, 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 we want to take a break. Are you the one that is making the bishop to talk? Hallelujah. When everybody is coming at eight, you come at nine. And listen. Now let me explain. I am not talking about a one of something. Or even you did it twice. I am talking about somebody who that is what you do all the time. Do you understand it? You have an independent spirit. Because it is your decision. It's not something that just happens. It's your decision. They say eight, but me, I'll go at nine. Yeah. They say we should all read loyalty and disloyalty and write an exam. But me, I won't read it. I'll read uh, demons I had to do with them to encourage myself. We are having a week of fasting and prayer. Every evening, we are meeting from 6 to 8 to pray. You don't come. Or, we are starting from Monday and ending on Friday. You rather come on Wednesday. Okay. And then, you, and then Friday, you choose. That's the, oh, no, I won't do it. I, I'll do my own personal one. You are an orangu. I want to call your name. You are an orangu. If you are John here, you are orangu John. If your name is Gladys, you are orangu Gladys. And the carpenters are coming after you. How many carpenters are here? How many carpenters have made your hammers ready? Your your saw ready? Huh? Clover ready? Nails? Yeah. 
Now listen. There was a woman in the Bible. She was called Jael. One day, a wicked man was run away. He was called Sisera. So this woman, eh? and we'll talk about it later on, because she was a pretender. She called her and said, my Lord, come. He asked for water. I said, oh, water is not enough. Give her water and then give him milk. And later the man slept. And Jael took a nail, long one, and put it here. The temple. Everybody hold here. The, the, the bone just around you is soft. Have you seen it? This is the, is the softest part of the, of the, the, the skull. Put the nail here and hit it. And kill the man. Now, I'm saying that we have a nail. We are coming for you. Who are the sons and daughters of Jehu? Carpenters. We are coming. Everything you are doing it differently. It is not good. It's not good. How many of you have changed? Yeah. So, King David told Absalom, deal gently with my son, don't kill him. Later on, when Absalom was running away, he had a long hair. His hair went into an oak tree and it got entangled in it. And then he he was suspended in air. And a young man saw him and went to report to Joab. And Joab said, why didn't you kill him? And listen to this. Listen to what the young man said. Listen. Second Samuel chapter 18 and verse 12. Second Samuel 18 and verse 12. Though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver, in my hand. Yet would I not put forth my hand against the king's son. Why? The, the young man is explaining why. He said, even if you give me $10,000, $100,000, million, I won't kill the king's son. Why? Listen. A lawyer person is speaking. Listen. He said, for in our hearing, the king charged thee, saying, beware that None touch the young man Absalom. Reverend Dr. Moab, Joel, Bishop Intefo said the meeting is 7.30. He said it. He said that the prayer meeting should start at 7.30. He said it. And you are the shepherd that he said you should lead the prayer meeting. So why are you telling us to come at 9.30? Bishop Interval had a meeting of us. He said the meeting should start at 7.30. 
and you are the shepherd. When he went, you met us to say, ah, 7.30. I mean, 7.30 is too early. Some of us, we have exams, you know, socially. Hey, no, don't tell Bishop. Don't tell Bishop. Wait, don't come at 7.30. Who started meeting at? 9.30. Listen, you have an independent spirit. Charlie, the demon of independence spirit here. It is running away from your life in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You see, but how many of you genuinely realize that you fall into this? Lift up your hand. But you see, what I'm saying is that you did, many of you didn't know that because you have not heard this message. So I am not condemning you. I am bringing you light so that you'll be delivered. But for those of you who know the message, God is warning you. Amen. Look, Joab, do you know what Joab said? Joab said, you foolish boy. Where, where is he? He went to take that and kill the king's son. He did different from what the king said. Hallelujah. Eh? Thank you. Thank you. Another time, King David said, when I die, my son Solomon should become the king. But there was an older brother, cohort, Adonijah. Do you know what happened? Reverend Dr. Joab. Now listen, from today, when we, when we go to church and you find an independent person, as a person, are you brother Joab or, de- depending on the person's level, that's it. So are you brother Joab? Are you sister Joab? Are you shepherd Joab? Are you minister shepherd Joab? Are you pastor Joab? Are you Reverend Joab? Or are you Bishop Joab? Uh, will you remember? Okay. Or are you Lady Pastor Joab? Yes. Are you Osha Joab? Are you Kwaresa Joab? Are you Treasurer Joab? Are you Treasurer Joab? Prayer Warrior Joab? Worship leader, Joab. Are you choir leader, Joab? Because, listen, every time the pastor wants you to sing this song, you sing this one.
Yeah. Adonija said, why is it that I am the senior brother? He went to Reverend Dr. Joab. He said, Reverend Dr. Joab, something is happening in the family. I'm not happy at all. He said, what is it? Can you imagine? My father has chosen my junior brother as his successor. Joab said, but when he was taking the decision, Reverend Dr. Joab was there. You see, he's always there. When David was taking the decision that Solomon should be the descendant, Reverend Dr. Joab, his main assistant, he was there. Because number one, when you're having meetings, your main assistant is always. Yeah? When I'm having meetings, Reverend Jude is always sitting down there. Yeah? And Joab told him, Don't worry. Joab asked, So, how do you, what, what is the, what do you want to do about it? He said, I want to declare myself as a king. Because now the old man cries very weak. He doesn't. Joab said, I'll support you. He, he supported Adonijah to declare himself a king. Independent spirit. Independent spirit. You influence the people. You do exactly opposite to what the pastor is saying in the church. In the Kokrobite church. At the Sampa Valley church. At the Dakuma church. Eh? So to church. At the Mataeko church. Mataeko church. You are there. You are always Sukura church. Spintes. Hello. Is it the pastors? They know you. So they said, Bishop, please mention my church. Early rain service. Early rain. Like, please, glorious. The love and faith, love and hope, love and victory. You are there. Exhibition eh? church. Cantonments. You are there. You always do different from what the pastor is saying. You are no Rango. We have changed your name. Your name is Brother Joab. Sister Joab. Sundays after church, there's New Believer School. You are part of the New Believer School. You run away. You run away. Your pastor has to come and stand at the gate and ask you, where are you going? You are in the potential shepherd school. Instead of going up, you run away. You have an independent spirit. Your name is Sister Job. Okay, if you are a sister, you are Sister Joba. Uh, Joba. Yes. How many of you understand it? Now, if you, if you understand it, lift up your hand. The independent spirit. So, winner school. 
Your pastor, your pastor and your shepherd have selected you to be part of the Sonuna School. Sonuna School is at three o'clock. Three o'clock or two o'clock. Around one thirty. You are heading towards Kolobu. Where are you going? Independent spirit. When your pastor say every Saturday we are all gathering to do person to person evangelism, you don't come. You don't come. You are watching football. You are watching Okumbwaja. 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 Okumbwaja is your pastor. You have an independent spirit. You, you have an independent. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You, you. You say who? I say you. You. Yeah. Now listen. Do you know the end of Joab? He was executed. So keep on. God will execute you. God will take you out. You will lose your position. Sit down. You are Sister Joba. A sister who has an independent spirit is Sister Joba. A brother who has an independent spirit is Brother Joab. A pastor who has an independent spirit is Pastor Joab. A shepherd who has an independent spirit is Shepherd Joab. A minister shepherd is called Minister Joab. A Reverend Minister who has an independent spirit is Reverend Joab. And a bishop who has an independent spirit is Bishop Joab. Wow. Stage number two. Offense. 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 Matthew 24, 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Watch. They shall be offended. Because they are offended, they will betray one another and they shall hate one another. The second stage of disloyalty is the stage of offense. Watch out for people who are offended in the church. Now, can you be offended in the church? Yes. How many of you have been offended before? Me, I'll lift up my two hands. 
Normal. Normal. But when you get offended, you should be healed. Yes. There are so many things that can offend you in the church. The church is like a family. Your family, your brother will offend you, your sister, your aunt, your sister, even your father, your cousin. I mean, they are quarrels all the time. But we patch up. It's the same thing in the church. When you are offended and you don't get healed, you open yourself up for demons of disloyalty to enter you. You become polluted. When you're offended, you want revenge. You want revenge. You want to do something bad to the person. You want to pay the person back. Amen. So listen. Anybody who is sitting down here, who is offended in any way, forgive the person who has offended you. Yes, forgive. You see, if you don't forgive, all your prayers, you are wasting your time. Jesus said, and you, when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against your brother. So that your father which is in heaven will also forgive you. Listen, you have not forgiven for the past six months. All your prayers for the past six months. Can you imagine? You have even fasted 21 days. How many of you have been wondering why you have not received an answer to your prayer? Maybe, maybe you are offended. Somebody has hurt you and you are not forgiving the person. Yeah. Amen. In the Bible, Absalom, Absalom, he had a sister called Tamar, and he had a half brother called Amnon, and Amnon raped Tamar, Absalom's real sister, and he became offended. Huh? He became offended. Second Samuel chapter 13 and verse 22. Second Samuel chapter 13 and verse 22. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad for two years. Hallelujah. Either you go home. And Absalom spake unto his brother, I'm not neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon. Because he had forced his sister Tamar 
He hated him. Verse 23, and it came to pass after two full years. Hey, this thing that happened in church for the last two years. Eh? Your pastor faced you small. You got hurt. Careful. Careful. That hurt will destroy you. That hurt would drive away the grace of God upon your life. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any root of bitterness springing up within you troubleth thee, whereby many are defiled. root of bitterness trouble you. You become sick. You become unhappy. You can't eat. You can't think. Because you are so bitter. Say somebody took your beloved. Say, Bishop, you don't understand. I, he was my beloved. And I told my friend, Jane. I introduced him to my friend, Jane. Because she was my friend. We are two friends. So I said, Jane, Brother Ricky Z is my beloved. So one day, my beloved brother Ricky Z was not well. And he called me to go and buy him medicine. But I was occupied at my workplace. So I called my friend Jane to buy the medicine and send it to him in his house. Bishop, that was the beginning of everything. Since that time, Ricky Z doesn't test me again. So I was wondering why. When I asked, he said, nothing. Then one day, when we were at the office, my friend Jane's phone was ringing. And she was not there, so I picked it to tell the person, she is not around, call later. So when I put the phone down. Then I saw a message. I didn't see four. I saw <laughs> Missing you, baby J. Be Ricky Z. So I said, Rick is he? Brother Rick is he? So I just decided to just I didn't have any bad bishop. You not you not imagine the messages. Even what pissed me? What? Oh! 
sent Ricky's here message. That, don't, don't mind Patricia. So meaning that Brother Ricky is not minding me was orchestrated by my own friend. Bishop, how can I forgive him? It's very painful. Eh? But forgive because you, Jesus suffered on the cross, bought you with his blood, washed you. I said you should not fornicate. Since he said it, you. How I know, I know, I know, I know that Jesus or Jehovah, eh? I know that Jesus Jehovah. Sour fornication. And then every time when you finish, Lord, I beg you, oh Lord, forgive me. Lord, this is the last one. Then Jesus is okay, no problem. Where is the blood? Wash. Two days later, you can, oh Lord, this one. After all this, you cannot forgive Jane. You must forgive Jane. You must forgive Jane. Amen. Amen. You are exhibiting bad behavior in the church. And we should not correct you. We should not correct you. Eh? You don't come for choir rehearsals. When we are saying it, you are angry. We will say it. I said we will say it. We will say You don't come for choir rehearsals. And then you are always leading the song. When the choir leader appoints, you say, I, 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 I am the one. And you are always sharing the song. Even last Sunday, the choir was singing, I will never be the same again. I will never return. So when they sang, now you have to sort of sing the listen. I will never be the same again. That you wanted to show us that you can, you can vary and go to. I will never return. Oh. oh, oh, oh. You have spoiled a song. We shouldn't say it. 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 We say it. Come for rehearsals. 
come for rehearsals. Why don't you come for come for rehearsals? And we are saying that because we said it. You are hurt. Do you get it? Yeah. Stage number three. Passivity. Passivity. Eh? Passivity. How many of you read a carpenter is in the house? I have my my hammer, crowbar, saw. Yeah. Passivity. What is passivity? It is when, listen, it is when you used to be active, but because you are hurt, now you have become cool in the church. You have stopped doing what you used to do because you are hurt. You are an area fellowship shepherd, but you have stopped because you did something wrong and your pastor corrected you. So you have become passive. Amen. Absalom, for two years, became passive towards his brother. When Amnon saw him, said, Absalom, good, good morning. Absalom, can we go in? I, said, I, I, I don't like to play anymore. One of the ways you see such people is that they now go and sit at the back of the church. I want to ask you a question. Why is it that now you sit at the back of the church? You used to sit in front. You used to sit in front. Why is it that now you are sitting at the back? What we ask you say is nothing. What we ask you say is nothing. It's something. You have become passive. And passivity is disloyalty. Yeah. Those of you who are always sitting at the back, it's a sign. When we come, when we come, hello, when we come back at the next session, those of you at the back, you have to force to come to the front. Apart from the first. To see for the process, everywhere is, is free. Hello? Sit down, sit down. For two years, Absalom became cold. So the sign that you are passive is when you become cold. You used to drink, you used to dance in the front. When we said, you are the first person.
That's you. That's you. Now, you are sitting at the back. Abame were you. Abame were that was it. Look at you. Yeah. When we say lift up your hands. Everybody lift up your hand. Say amen. First when we are coming to church, you say, Oh, you are coming very nicely. Now when you are coming to church. But say bomb. Bomb. Momonet. Ask the next brother, is he talking about you? Is he? Say the truth. Say the truth. Yeah. You have stopped, stopped doing area fellowships. You have stopped joining the choir. You have stopped all the things that you used to do. You have stopped. Even offerings. You have reduced the offerings. First offering, you used to give 10 Ghana cities. No. First offering, 10 Ghana cities. Uh, second offering, you used to give 5 Ghana cities. Now, first offering, yele, 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 1 Ghana city. No, not that you don't have all. Now you have. But it's like, I won't give. You are bored. God is coming for his money from your pocket. You wait and see. God is sending, I'm, I'm robbers are coming. You wait. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 48 and verse 10. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. And cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. A sword has been given to you as a soldier to fight. Why are you not using it? And God said, you are cursed. God said, cursed is the person who does the work of God deceitfully. You can do more than you are doing, but because you are hurt, you are not doing, you have become passive. No, you can do it. You can give more offerings. You can pay your tithe. You can outreach you. 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 You used to bring 20 people alone. And, and, and you can do it. But because you are hurt, you have withdrawn your services. Now, services are withdrawn at hospital, police, civil service. In the church too, you have withdrawn your services. And no, no, yes, Christo here. And no, 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 and no. Yeah. 
passivity. After two years, listen, after two years, Absalom invited his brother Amnon to a party and killed him as a revenge. Something that happened two years ago, he could not forgive. And the result was that he killed his brother. First stage of disloyalty, independent spirit. Second stage, offense. Third stage, passivity. Fourth stage, critical spirit. Critical spirit. We are sitting in the church and criticizing everything. This is Bishop, he preaches too long. This is Bishop after the second offering. Say everybody should bring one, one Ghana city again. You are criticizing. Criticizing your pastor. Undertone talking. Memory. Memory. Next week, we are all honoring. Our father in the mission. Every day, every day, every day, criticizing. Watch me. One of these asses will your mouth. You do? Watch and see. In Numbers chapter 12. Verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses. Hmm? A disloyal person is not passive forever. He progresses into the next stage of being critical. This is a stage of noticing and magnifying thoughts. In church, he finds force of the preaching of the word, of the order of the service. He analyzes the building and notices all the deficiencies of the building. Hmm? Say, why don't you have air condition? The pews are old, why don't you change it? Eh? Criticize him. Miriam criticized his pastor, Moses. And God struck her with leprosy. God struck her with leprosy. God told Miriam, were you not afraid? why were you not afraid to speak to my servant that way? Now listen, many of you are the younger generation. Let me give you an ad- advice that our pastor, the bishop has given us all throughout these years. He said, never criticize a pastor. A real Lighthouse Chapel International member, a real one, you won't find a person talking about pastors. There's a lot of that these days. This pastor, I've gone to sleep with this pastor, uh, with this lady. This pastor, I've done, this pastor has done it. When you sit in your office, when you sit in school, don't contribute to that discussion. Leave the pastor to his master, who is God. 
it is not your business. It's not your business. Don't criticize me. God will strike you. Say, touch not my anointed. Amen. So the pastor is doing a bad thing. Leave him to God. God had any genuine man of God fears God. Yeah? He knows that he's nothing before God. You don't need to tell him. And by the way, you are criticizing your pastor. What about you? Are, are you a good member? You say pastor didn't come to visit you when we were sick. Let me ask you, last year, when you traveled to Odan for three weeks, did you tell your pastor? You are the one that sings in the choir. Three weeks you went to Odan. Did you tell him? You didn't tell him. So the pastor is not good. You are not good. Two non-good people we are in the church. Why are you trying to criticize each other? We are all walking by the grace of God. Amen? Don't say bad things. That is disloyalty. Don't say bad things about your pastor, about your leader. Don't say bad things. Don't criticize. Always support your leader. Even if you disagree. Once he has taken a decision, that's your leader. Wow. What do you think? How many of you realize that ah, as the message is coming, you have seen yourself in it cry? Some of you have done four stages and you have done four over four. Some of you three over four. Some of you two over four. Some of you one over four. Especially the offense and the passivity. How many of you say it has happened to you before? You say, Pastor, I will show him. I will show him. I won't do the real fellowship work again. Obana. Pastor Obana Noko. Eh? See, the other day, a small mistake, no. So, so, ah, lambasting. Mia Dong. Eh? 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 Hey,
This small church. This small church that you have been. Hey, you are calling God's church small church. So, so troublesome. Download area fellowship. Outreach. Fasting. For Jesus and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Number five. The political stage. Political stage. When somebody is at the political stage of disloyalty, what do they do? They form groups in the church. The person now, you know he was criticizing. So whatever he was criticizing about, he now begins to discuss it. Ah, every time Bishop is preaching about tithing. Tithing. Last year he preached tithing two months. This year too. It's been six weeks. So, so tight. Every time you can tighten, God will build you a house. God will say, Abba. <laughs> eh? Always tight. Why? It doesn't have anything. To... And you begin to share and discuss. Listen. Such people, they come to the pastor and say, Pastor, everybody is saying. Everybody is saying that now the service is too long. Everybody is saying. Now let me give you the statements of such people. Everybody is saying. A lot of people are saying. Many people are saying. Everybody is saying. That's how they talk. They are saying. That's politics. They begin to play politics in the church. Form groups. Yeah. Do you understand it? They try to spread their ideas. Absalom. He did that. In Second Samuel chapter 15, he sat at his father's gate. Huh? Yeah. Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 3. And Absalom said unto him, See, the matters are good and right. But there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. He was telling the people, the king doesn't care. He doesn't want to solve your problem. If I were the king, I would do better. 
criticizing his father and being political. Those of you who sit in the churches and you have formed groups that talk about the pastor, that talk about other people, that discuss. And sometimes the most dangerous part, and I'm not joking, nobody should laugh. The most dangerous part is when you even begin now to work it along ethnic lines. In the same church, girls against Ashantis, Ashantis against Ebes, Ebes against Fantis. Like that. You are Satan. I said you are Satan. Your real name is Satan. It is only Satan who wants to destroy the church of God. And what you are doing, you are the church, the Bible says that in Christ there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no female, there's no male. We have one Father, one, one Lord, one baptism, one Holy Spirit. One confession. Don't bring that. Yeah, don't bring NDC and people into the church. We are saying that while as a pastor appointed, the, the, the shepherds that he has appointed, they are 15. One, two, three. This nine, they are all MP people. <laughs> Only three are in this. Political stage. Spoil the church. How many of you realize that you are spoiling the church? How many of you agree? Eh? If you bring things like that into the church, you are spoiled the church. So one day, all the Ashantis who get up, all the Evers, all the guys say, we are not light in this church. Oh yeah, let's go. Yeah. Political stage. Listen. Get it clear. In the church, God appoints a pastor to lead the people. The church is not a democracy. We don't discuss to take a decision. The pastor is led by the Spirit of God. The pastor is led by the Spirit of God. Allow the pastor to be led by the Spirit of God. If you don't understand something, ask questions. And be happy with the answer. Don't criticize. Don't form groups. Yeah. When I first um, started passing the, uh, the, the, the Colorado Church, there was something that I saw. It, it, it was quite a small church then. But even that time, I noticed it. That when there was a wedding, the ladies would not come. Yeah. Yeah. So later on, I realized that in the church, the unmarried ladies were working in groups. So it's like if somebody who is getting married is not from our group, we are not going. Can you imagine that? The lion in me rose up. 
Yeah, do you remember? I dealt with it. I dealt with it. It's a bad spirit. It's selfishness. Selfishness. The Bible says that rejoice with them that rejoice and mourn with them that mourn. Today, it is a ten. Tomorrow, it will be your ten. Some of you, during weddings, you don't give offerings to the couple. You don't give offerings to the couple. Recently, I was told. Because it is not you. But the Bible said that, it said that as you want others to do unto you, do so also unto them. Hallelujah. Political stage. Absalom. Next stage, deception. Deception. The stage of deception. Amen? Talking about the political stage. Look at Lighthouse Chapel International today. God has blessed this church. Do you know that because of disloyalty and political stage, this church, this church could have been killed. When Bishop started this church, had a few people, 30, 40 people. His main assistant, his main assistant was an Absalom. Yeah. He used to gather the people to receive complaint from them and they would criticize him. They criticized him. They discussed him. Mehmed. When he was preaching in the church and he drank water, it was a problem. He said, I'll go to church afraid. When he was preaching, have you seen the way I'm holding the book? The sound will be shaking like that. Because the orangus were sitting and watching him with stone faces. Do, do you know that somebody can speak to you with their face? That, that is why I told these people that we are going to watch their face. So do you know what he did? He called the assistant and sacked him. And all the people who were with him followed him. And he was left with a little group. That little group is what has become Light Touch Upon Television. Deception. One thing that I am sure about is that people who rebel are grossly deceived. If they were not deceived, they would not do some of the things they did. Most people who have rebelled have ended up in destruction. And I know that no one intends to destroy 
is five. Hmm? Yeah. Many rebellious people are deceived into thinking they are greater than their sinners. It's a deception. It's a deception. You cannot be greater than your senior. You can't. You have to be careful with people who have been set up above you. They may look weak. They may make mistakes. When Noah woke up from his drunken state, whatever he said came to pass. Yeah. Isaac in his old age pronounced blessings. Jacob in his old age pronounced blessings and curses. He told Reuben, you went into my bed. You will not do well. And that was it. Amen. Be careful. Your pastor that has laid his hands on you. It is deception for you to think that you are greater. You may even do greater works. Now, you see Jesus. Let's analyze the ministry of Jesus. Many pastors have done, if you like, greater works than Jesus. Amen. Huh? Hallelujah. Jesus raised up how many people from the dead? Three people. Um, Jairus' daughter, the widow of Nain's son, Lazarus. Smith Wigglesworth raised up 23 people from dead. 23. Jesus preached within a radius of 200 miles of the north of Israel, uh, Nazareth, to Jerusalem. It's 200 miles. Did you remember we made that journey? Or oh, you are not part of it? You didn't go to Jerusalem, yeah? You were there? Yeah, we made that journey. Do you remember? 200. Eh? Bishop Dark has traveled thousands of miles. Thousands of miles. Billy Graham has preached to millions of people. But none of these people is Jesus. Do you know why? Because it is only Jesus who died on the cross for us. You can raise up 2,000 people from the dead. It doesn't make you Jesus. So it's deception. It's deception. That is why when Jesus died, he established the Holy Communion. So that we remember. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood to remember me that I am the Savior. You are not the Savior. I'm the Savior. You You have not died for anybody. Huh? 
Hallelujah. Sometimes a little success deceives people. Sometimes a little success. There are many young people here. Listen. Follow our example. We have followed the bishop for years. Patiently. And he has sent us to different places. Go and do this. Go and do this. Go and do this. Go and do this. Until he has taken the title. Bishop became bishop in 1996. First he was called Pastor Dag. In 1996 he became a bishop. The only bishop. Now we have 30 plus bishops. And more are coming. The title that is on he has placed on us. As we are following him patiently. You understand it? In your day, when you lay hands on somebody in false that it doesn't mean go and start your church. A little success. You have become so proud. Your area of fellowship has grown small. Nobody can control you. It's deception. Judas looked at Jesus and he was deceived. Because Jesus started talking about, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. So he thought that he, he was weak. He thought that the power had departed him. He was deceived. One day they were traveling on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus was asleep at the end of the boat. Asleep. Snoring. Some of you want to sleep with him. You are like a track. (laughs) And then from someone blasting from up and down. So, Judas looked at Jesus' power. And then water was coming from his mouth. So Jesus, Jesus was saying, ah, Thomas, this is the son of... Oh, no, no, this one there. No, no. You see, be careful about men of God. A man of God is a man. Oh, a man of God is a man. When you go close to him, you say it's a man. Yeah. So that is a mistake. It's a mistake. In fact, you can easily make a mistake. When you see your pastor, you know, walking around and all, you can easily make a mistake. But I see Bishop Saki and Bishop Adi. There's something they always say. They say the bishop is our friend. Our friend. We eat together, we chat together, play golf together and all that. But they say, but we know where to draw the line. Bishop Saki says, for 30 years I've never argued with the bishop before. Yeah. They say, for 30 years, we have never said anything bad behind his back. Even though they grew up together. But once you are my pastor, I draw the line. Be careful. Be careful. 
are insulting your pastor in your house. You are calling your pastor names. You are calling your pastor names. Careful. Careful. A man of God is a man. You can ask my wife, when I'm in the house, I'm a man, I'm a man. Man cry. I'll be shouting for food. Why is that food? Why not bring it? Ah! Why? Man. Hmm? Every time I use the toilet, she she enter the side. Ha! She will be running, looking for her. He said, ah, you like spoiling this place. I'm a man. But this same man, when he stands, when he stands, and say, I see something. This same man, eh? Elisha told the captain of 50s with his 50s, he said, if I be a man of God, let fire come and destroy you. Hey! And fire came and destroyed them. So your pastor is a man of God. Your shepherd is a man of God. Your leader is a man of God. Your minister shepherd. But know the difference. It's a man. He's a man, but he's of God. So don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. How many of you understand the message? I'm talking about stages of disloyalty. Stage one, independence. Stage two, offense. Stage three, passivity. Stage four, critical. Stage five, political. Stage six, deception. Many of you, you are deceived about your pastors. You are deceived. You are deceived. That's why you have been talking. You have been talking like a fool. I've been talking like a fool. Why, why are you sitting here? Please come and sit down. Why is it? You have been talking like a fool. I've been talking like a fool. You keep on. Keep on. See this one. I send him. Go and start a church. I train him. Say, Minister Shepherd. Once we have sent him, be careful of him. Insulting your pastor, saying things, saying things. You have guarded, have guarded. The, 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 the guy who got bent, when they went, they broke away from the church and they started their church. They will play the bishop's message on loyalty. They say, hey, come on, they look at what she's saying. Then they'll be laughing. <laughs> they'll be laughing. They'll be laughing. One day he was asleep when fire came into his house. Careful. Careful. God, God is sending fire. Careful. Very careful. I said be very careful. Be careful. Be careful of your pastors. Careful. Very careful. Yeah. Some of you be laughing at your pastor. I won't do it. I won't go, go you. Now, what, what, what does he think? Who does he think he is? Sometimes your pastor is weak.
Your pastor is weak, but he's a man of God. King Saul was chasing David. And then God gave King Saul up to David. He found, David found him in a cave. He was sleeping. And the people who followed David said, see, kill him. Kill him. One guy was called, I think, Abishai. He said, give me the instruction. He said, I will strike him only once. I promise you. I will strike him only once. Not, not two times. I won't miss. I won't miss. Just one time. And David said, listen, David said, we don't touch the Lord's anointed. Don't touch the Lord's anointed. You say, ah, by me, I don't touch my pastor. By disrespecting him, by not obeying him, by not flowing what he's saying, by not doing what he's saying, by arguing with him, by criticizing him, you have been touching him. 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 Judas was deceived about Jesus. Because in all those days, there were no toilets anywhere. They used to walk. So as they were going, Jesus said, I'm coming. <laughs> Jesus said, Bush here, man. <laughs> so he had been there for about 15 minutes. So they were one. So Judas said, Oh, let me jail. Jesus sweat. <laughs> A man of God. No. He's a son of God. Eh? Careful. Don't be deceived. You are deceived. And the wives, the wives of the pastors, don't be deceived. The wives of the pastors, don't be deceived. Yes. argue with your husband, the pastor. When he comes home, no respect. Argue with him. He looks weak. Because he has a weakness. Do you know his weakness? After arguing with you in the night, he'll say, hey, sister, I beg you, can you, sister, I beg you, can you please? My something is uh, so... Because of that. You have used that as a weapon. Careful. God can replace you. Oh, God can replace you. God can replace you. Yeah. One day, Reverend Dr. Um, uh, Ahazeros. He called his wife, First Lady Vashti. Please come and. You know what the First Lady said? So I won't come. 
God, you may tell him that I won't come. That was her end. Pastors' wives don't respect their husbands. They don't. Because he has a weakness. Yeah. One day, a married man, a pastor, he went to his senior pastor and said, please, I want to do something. He said, what, what do you want? He said, I want to go for castration. He said, oh, why? He said, based on what is the sufferings in the house. Amen. What is the first stage of disloyalty? Independent spirit. What is the second stage? No, let's, I want to hear you shouting at everybody. What's the first stage? Second stage? Third stage? Fourth stage? Fifth stage? Sixth stage? Deception. How many of you are not going to be deceived again? Yes. Bishop has consecrated many of us as bishops, but we are not Bishop Dad. So that is why, okay, let me even teach you something. When we are addressing all the bishops, do you understand? Add their surnames. So if you are addressing Bishop Interfon, Bishop Sam, Bishop Steve, Bishop Richard, I got Bishop Johnny. Bishop Hamish. Don't say bishop. Especially in an official, you know. But if you are addressing the, the presiding bishop, use bishop. When we say bishop, you, see, you hear me saying bishop. When I say bishop, I'm talking about the, your pastor and my pastor, your father and my father. He's the bishop. He's the bishop. We are nowhere near him. We are not him. We are not him. Yeah? See, recently, at the church go conference, Archbishop came. He came not because of me. He came because of my father. The link. Okay, this is my son's son. So if he's doing something, I should come, I'll come. But not me. You see, you, you need to understand the things. So. You need to understand the things. And the reason why people get deceived is familiarity. After working with somebody for a while, you can easily become... Look, let me tell you something. Listen to me. I'm saying something. Listen. It is very dangerous to be close to a man of God. So those of you who have been given the opportunity to be close to men of God, you have, you have to pray for wisdom. It's very dangerous. Even the man of God may not notice anything, may not, but God notices. God said to uh, Miriam and uh, uh, Aaron, why were you not afraid to speak to my servant that way? Which means that when they were criticizing God had Moses was not there, they were criticized, but God was there. As we are criticizing your pastor in your room, 
Those of you in the early rain service, criticizing Reverend Richard and Pastor Emmanuel. Careful. Deception. Don't be deceived. Know where you are and where you are not. Sometimes you think that you are very valuable. Eh? Wait until you leave. You wait until you leave. Yeah. That is why in professional football, players don't like to be substituted or not to be selected. The day that you are not selected, you see, recently, a coach, Pep Guardiola, he took over a football team, Man City. They have a very good goalkeeper. It's called Joe Hart. He's a goalkeeper for the English national team. His very first match, very first premiership game, he didn't choose him. He didn't choose Joe Hart. He chose his assistant. Then, even me didn't really make, then the, the commentator said, he has made a big statement. They said, the coach has made a big statement by not selecting him. And what he's saying is that you are not part of my team. Look, as I'm saying, he's gone to another team. As, I, as I'm speaking right now, he's gone to another team. You think you are very valuable. Eh? You think that God can't do without you. Eh? You think without you, the area fellowship will not work. You think that without you, that branch will not work. You think that without you, the choir cannot go on. You have made a mistake. Made a mistake. Yeah, you have made a mistake. It's a deception. You are deceived. You will be deceived to think that you are great. Yeah. You will see. God will put you aside. He will put you aside. Oh, yeah. One day people were worshipping Jesus. The Pharisees said that they should shut up. Jesus said, I can raise up the stones. Raise up the stones. Do you know what? Listen to me. All of us, wherever we find ourselves, whatever we are doing, always thank God that you he has given you an opportunity. Lady Pastor Emma, women are not supposed to, 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 to teach and lead in the church. They are not. They are not. Go and read the Bible. But Bishop Doug has covered you. You see? He has covered you, Dad. He has covered you. That is. So you are preaching based on the cover. The covering. That's why you are preaching. Not because of you. Stop lifting up yourself. Stop. Stop. You have, you have valued yourself too highly. Stop that. You are spoiling the church. Even your pastor can't control you anymore. Every small thing he says, I'm, I'm leaving the church. Every small thing you are threatening. Why are you threatening your pastor all the time? Why are you treating him all the time? Why are you treating your pastor all the time? I, I will leave the choir. I, I will leave the ashes. I won't come to church. I won't pay my tithes again. You have hijacked the man of God. Why? 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 You are nothing. You are nothing. You wait and see. One of these days you will sleep and that will be your end. Ah. 
The pastor is always fighting with you. You won't come for the meetings. When he says it, you are angry. Because in your, in your, in your, your, your area fellowship, you bring 30 people to church in the bus. So you can't say anything. God will replace you. You have overvalued yourself. You are nothing. You are nothing. Sometimes I can get so sick, so weak. I can't do anything. I'll tell my wife, come close to me. Let's put your hand on me. I need some, I need just a presence. I feel so helpless. We are nothing, no. Nothing. How many of you know that you are nothing? Yeah. So, when your pastor calls you and rebukes you, say, thank you. I will do better. Do better. Yeah. One of my top lay administrators, Lady Pastor Sonia, I'm sure she is somewhere here. She has been with me for more than 10 years. She's very, very highly educated. Always doing high jobs, international jobs. In charge of Africa, this wealth, this, this, you see her. Working in my office, helping. Over the years, I've built her. Even sometimes meetings. But there's one thing I've realized about her. She's never, not even once, shown anger. And after the meeting, she will come. She will come for new instructions. No doubt, God is blessing her. Now, some of us, we are too big. Too big. That is deception. Satan thought that he was very big. Satan. But God said, God said, I made you so. I made you so. Whatever you think you are, God made you so. If you are rich, God made you so. If you are beautiful, God made you so. If you are strong, God made you so. If you are intelligent, God made you so. Remember it. For what have you that you have not received? First Corinthians 4, 7. And if you have received it, why dost thou so boast as if that you have not received it? Some of you are making the work of your pastors too hard, too difficult. The church is not working because of you. And, and then you are, you are formed political groups criticizing and talking about the pastor. God is going to take this your mouth and turn it this way. Your tongue is going to get stuck to the roof. This your hand that you have been throwing. One day, you... you, you the hand that you have been... Just, just saying, blessing the pastor. Look at him. His face. And, and here, and there. what do you say? Go in here. Eh? Come and hear who? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And they will be throwing your hand. One day you, you throw your hand. 
Your hand. Stroke, you see. You are an enemy of the church. You are a horn. You are a destroyer. You are no rangu. You are no rangu. Let me look at your faces. Why have you squeezed your face? Why have you squeezed your face? Where are they? I'm looking at the face. Sit down. Stage number seven, open rebellion. Open rebellion. Open rebellion is now when the disloyalty, you don't hide it again. Now you have openly stood up. You sought your pastor and leave the church to take the church. Sort your pastor. Some of you, are, some of you are very young. We have insulted your parents. The last time you went home was three years ago. Yeah, you live somewhere. Your parents don't know where you are. You insulted them. Left after this camp, go back because you are under a case. Being in the church doesn't help you. Go and correct that thing. You insulted your mother and your father and left. You have not been home for five years. After the camp, that was the first thing. Take it. And when the bus drops, go back. Say, I'm sorry. Yeah, because there's a case on your life. Hallelujah. Open rebellion. This is the stage where deceived insurrectionists fight openly against authority. This open fight comes about because of the confidence the rebel develops over the months and years. He gains psychological support by gaining the support of some of the people he talked to. Remember that Lucifer gained the support of over a third of the angels. He has had time to analyze the merits and demerits of the person against whom he's rebelling. Then suddenly, he exposes himself to be what he is at heart. Lucifer did this. Lucifer openly rebelled. Revelation 12, 7. And there was war in heaven. And the dragon fought. Absalom fought against his father. Second Samuel chapter 16 and verse 11. And David said, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, secret my life. Absalom tried to become his father in all aspects, including in the bedroom. Second Samuel 16.22 And Absalom went in into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Judas betrayed and fought against his lord and master. Matthew 26.47 and 48 Judas came and with him a great multitude of sorts. Now, 
He that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. Judas had told them to get a good hold of Christ and not let him go. This is the open fight against your master, teacher, or your father. It is what I call the open rebellion of disloyalty. This leads us into the last and final stage of disloyalty. What I call the stage of execution. So the eighth stage. What is the end of rebellion? Execution. Death. Destruction. Being cut off. Being demoted. Being chased. Being removed. Amen. Hmm? The end of all rebels is one and the same execution. Rebellion is an essentially evil thing. The Bible teaches us that rebellion is as witchcraft. First Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. The biblical punishment for witchcraft is execution. Exodus 22:18. Exodus 22:18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. God does not support rebellion in any form or fashion. Do not involve yourself in any kind of rebellion. Those who get involved in revolts are often simple-minded people. Many of them do not know what is afoot. Hallelujah. Amen. So what is the end of all rebels? Lucifer was executed. Absalom was executed. Ahitophel was executed. Shimei was executed. Adonijah was executed. Judas Iscariot was executed. Make sure that you are not executed. Stand to your feet. Lift up your hands. Pray and ask God to deliver you from the spirit of rebellion, disloyalty. Lift up your hands. Everybody, stand to your feet and pray. I believe that God has spoken to each and every one of us. We have seen ourselves in the different stages. Lift up your hands. If it is critical, pray and say, Lord, I've been critical. Forgive me. Save me. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your hands and pray. Create in me a clean heart, oh Lord. And renew a right spirit. Create in me a clean heart, oh Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away, cast me not away. Lift up your hands from thy presence, oh Lord. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me 
the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me, lift up yourself, tell the Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Oh Lord. And renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me. The joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Oh, cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit. Lift up your hands and pray to the Lord and ask him to deliver you from every spirit of disloyalty. Lift up your voice and pray. Remember where you are. Are you at the independent spirit? Are you offended? Are you critical? Are you passive? Are you playing politics in the church? Forming groups? Are you deceived? Pray to the Lord and say, Lord, save me. Save me from this spirit. I want to be loyal. Ask for the spirit of loyalty. Everybody lift up your hands and ask for the spirit of loyalty. Give her the spirit of loyalty, Lord. Give her the spirit of loyalty, Lord. Give her the spirit of loyalty. Give her the spirit of loyalty. Give her the spirit of loyalty. 
us from the independent spirit. Save us from offense. Heal our hearts from every offense, oh God. Fill out the spirit of forgiveness and love. Let there be love in our churches. Let there be healing in our churches. Let there be togetherness in our churches. Let there be oneness in our churches. Save us from quarrels and backgrounds and memories and complaining, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Save us, my God, from being critical and passive. Political, oh God. Cause us to dissolve the groups that we are forming in our churches. Give us love for everybody. Let us love ourselves as one people. One people, one people, in the name of Jesus. Bottle the blood. Wash with the blood. Fill with the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and pray. God is healing us. 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 In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me. Lift up your hands and tell him. Some of you have lost the joy of your salvation because of anger, because of offense. Tell the Lord to fill you right now. Come on. Cast me not away from thy presence. Lift up your hands. Everybody lift up your hands now. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And renew a right spirit within me. Oh, oh, and renew a right spirit within me. Oh, 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 and renew a right spirit within me. Mm-hmm. And renew a right spirit within Hallelujah. A loyal church planter. We are going to plant churches. We are going to plant branches. We are going to plant satellite churches. We are going to plant bustles. We are going to plant area fellowships. But before that, we are learning to be loyal. How many of you will not criticize any pastor again? Yes. How many of you will not be independent minded again? 
how many of you have forgiven people who have hurt you? How many of you, you have become passive, but you are going back? After this come, whatever you are doing, you are going back to it. The Lord will help you. The Lord will bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegon opposite the Collegon main gate. Please note our service time. English services early rain service 6.30am to 8.30am His Presence service 8.30am to 10.30am and Love and Faith service 10.30am to 12.30pm Other languages L'Eglise Glorious French 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Love and Victory, Gare, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And Love and Hope, Tree, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant You Church also starts at 12 noon to 2 p.m. Be part of our midweek importation service this and every Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. prompts. For prayer, counseling, and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.